Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Gridiron Crew, an NFL podcast made in Scotland discussing America's game. Week 9 is just around the corner, so it must be time for the preview crew. I'm your host, Dan, and joining me tonight are some of the finest crew members. First up is our own Joe Exotic. Nah, it's not the hairdo, it's his love of all things Bengal-related. Cincinnati Stu, how are you? I'm doing really good. Uh, I'm just uh, sitting here in my new non-headliner falling down car. Uh, my little Suzuki has shown up, so I'm, I'm kind of enjoying life. That's been the, the big development this week, uh, and also the Halloween candy. Good combination, isn't it? Like, So you're just basically living in your car at the moment because it's so new and you don't want to get out of it? Pretty much, yeah. We're doing all my work in here. The, the kids come out to see me in the back of the car as well. They love it because it's tiny. Um, Jeannie loves it because it's a right-hand drive, uh, so she feels like she's driving if she sits on the left. <laughs> Excellent. Good to hear. I'm glad, I'm glad it's finally here after all the stories we've heard and all the waiting, so I'm glad it's finally here. Now, this man has suffered most from these introductions over the last week because he seems to be on with me nearly every Thursday night. But it's actually got to the point where his team are that bad, I can't find anything else to slag him about. Scud, how are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Well, seen I was knowing when we beat the Bills, that's no fair. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even really see anything last week either. Oh, did did we on was Keith with the Patriots podcast all night? Did you do that? No, I didn't do it. Ended up there were a couple of guys we couldn't do it. Oh, Keith ended up with the sickness bug. Oh, so he did that straight. Oh, so he pulled that. a sickie. So I think it's to, to be put later on, but it was Sod's Law. He put that on, then we beat the Bills. So I was like, if you put this <laughs> podcast on every Monday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I keep hope you're feeling better. I know you've all been listening and keeping an eye on the clock tonight. Especially oh after God. last week. Anyway, <laughs> this week's kickoff question, guys. So following the trade, trade deadline passing, in all of sports, what's your favourite trade or transfer of all time? Stu, I'm going to come to you first. See, this is maybe, it's more um, my favourite notorious trade of all time and not maybe not trade in a good way. And that's, uh, it's obviously I live in Edmonton now, so the biggest trade that ever happened in hockey history was when Wayne Gretzky, the great one, was traded or sold to the LA Kings because like back in those days, uh, you could include money as part of trade. So the, the, the Edmonton Oilers got... Um, I think a couple of players coming back, they sent Wayne, Gretz, uh, Wayne Gretzky and Marty McSorley, who was another really good player, sent them to the LA Kings for three first-round draft picks. Um, I forget who came back. There's a couple of players, but also $15 million. So that was in 1988. And that like basically shocked the hockey world because everybody thought, there's no way you're going to trade the best player in hockey. Because at that time, Edmonton had just won four Stanley Cups out of the last five years. And Wayne Gretzky, like he loved living in this city. He's now actually back here most of the most of the time because he's involved with the the organisation kind of thing again in the management level. But what that did do was he moved to the LA Kings, who were not so good, I guess you would say, um, and really transformed that that organisation. So, like on the plus side, what it did was it really boosted hockey in the states and turn the NHL into the, the juggernaut that you have now. It's obviously not not in the same level as the NFL or even the NBA, but um, it's, you know, it's the, the kind of, I guess, the fourth uh, kind of big sport or whatever, you know, out of the big four kind of thing. But it's uh, that, that trade was the birth of it in the States. But yeah, nobody thought that that would happen. I mean, that would be like, I guess, t- 
Tom Brady being traded away from the the Patriots, but when he was in his prime, kind of thing, you know, like a twenty nine year old Tom Brady being traded away or something like that, rather than him leaving at the end of his contract. So just to kind of he put it in prime about thirty nine, mate, thirty nine. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's the same thing. Like four, four right. Stanley Cups in five years now, suddenly like they traded him, kind of thing, and then that was the beginning of the. Well, they did win one more cup actually, but that was the beginning of the the decline, kind of thing, for Edmonton, and um, they've not won another cup since since 1990 so we're still waiting <laughs> <laughs> it's got a couple of you next now you're having time to think about this so you, you come up with an answer i come up with one and what i'll go with one is it was the one that basically says you don't mess about with bill belichick i still was back i think it was 16 17 it was jamie collins was trying to get a big contract out of the patriots and bill belichick wasn't having it and then they punted him to the browns just when the Browns were going not on zero and sixteen and stuff like that, so I actually had a chuckle about that because that way you, you can just mess about with him. To be fair, we turned that pick into that trade into um, Brandon Cooks as well, which was a good addition to our team for that season. So mm. no, Bill Belichick doesn't do much in the way of trades, but if you get in the wrong side of him, you're not in the building very long. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you, I don't know if you remember this story, I was talking to the guys in work about this today, get their thoughts on the kickoff question. One of the stories that came up, I don't know if you remember this guy, Ali Dai, who played for Southampton, I don't know if you yeah. remember this story. I remember Graham Fuller signed them on the basis that he was told he was George Weir's cousin. He put him on the pitch and subbed him back off 20 minutes later and he was never seen again. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my favourite story, but that came up and I, I, thought, I remember that story and he just... I don't know how much. I think it was one of those things. They signed them like really, really late on, and they were playing like the next day, so they didn't get a chance to see him in training or anything like that. So he just put him on the bench, brought him on, took him back off twenty minutes later, and the guy was never seen again. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> my, I'm going to my favorite one, and people listening to this uh, will think it's a very obvious answer for me, but as uh, 1996, 97, Celtic signed and. Relatively not unknown, but he wasn't as big as he was at the time. Left winger from Feyenoord for £450,000. He would go on to be arguably one of our greatest players ever, and that man is obviously Henry Clarsen. So I think that's, for £450,000, grand, what he done for us eh, is absolutely priceless. He could have went for millions and we could have made a fortune on him, but he wanted to stay, we wanted him to stay. And then, eh, as you say, the rest is history. He scored uh, a decent amount of goals for a left winger. I know. <laughs> Pat Mill, remember his <laughs> debut? Uh, oh, I know, I Chick Charnley. Chick Charnley, I gave the ball away to Chick <laughs> I remember it very well. Charnley scored and Rams beat us. I was going to say, one thing I remember, like, um, obviously I'm a Kelly fan, so kinda, I don't have quite the same kind of Celtic bias, but the one thing, or, or one of the things I really remember about Henrik Larson was, remember after the leg break? Yeah. When he, but he was out for a while, then he came back, and I think his first game it was against Dundee. I remember it was Dundee United. I think it was Dundee the first United, game. Yeah, it was, yeah. And I remember watching that game um, with, one, with my grandpa, and he was a uh, he was a Celtic fan. And I remember sitting watching the game with him, and I I, you know, I turned to him at one point during the match. I was like, I think he looks even better the way he did <laughs> before the leg break. Kind of thing. It's like, how's that possible? But he was just that kind of guy, I guess. Like an uh, absolute legend. So. Even as a Kelly yeah, fan, yeah. I was delighted to see him getting his Champions League and that, and eventually with Barcelona, kind of thing, beating Arsenal yeah. as well. Yeah, he, he as a who was it, Ronaldinho's favorite quote, the famous quote is, 
I never seen any listed off all these superstars that played for Barcelona. That that is, I never seen any of them on the pitch tonight. All I seen was Henrik Larson because he came off uh, the bench. It was Terry Henri. It was Terry Henri. Aye, came off the bench and scored to set up the two goals to win the Champions League for them. What a man he was. Was he was subbed on for Messi as well? It was Messi. That Messi came off. I mean, he was only eighteen, so we can't really. I'm not. I'm not having a go at Messi. <laughs> He's a young boy. <laughs> League at that point, but he Messi can't win a championship. Henrik Larson was the one that came on for him, so there you go. <laughs> there you go. Anyone who turned it for them, anyway, guys, that's great. Thanks for that. So, we're just on the same kind of similar topic. We're going to have a quick brief chat about the why does that come up there? What's happened there? That shouldn't be there. I don't know what's happened there, guys. Scroll across <laughs> the bottom. There we go. Forgot to tick the boxes, scroll across the bottom. Right, transfer deadline twist, trade deadline twist and turn. So we're going to quickly just talk over the moves that we've seen the last couple of days, get your thoughts on them. Not spend too much time on them, but just your thoughts. So uh, we'll, go, we'll double up the first two. So Montez Sweat and Chase Young leaving the Commanders to go to Sweat to the Bears, Young to the 49ers. Uh, Stu, what's your thoughts on those two moves? I I mean, it makes sense for, for both teams. Um, like... For the Niners, I I did think they would probably do more maybe to address the secondary rather than the pass rush. However, I will say, having just watched them play our Bengals, um, and you know, I've watched the Niners a bit over the last few weeks because I seem to be usually stuck kind of featuring them in the, the previous shows when I've been doing it or reviewing them. And what I have noticed, though, is their pass rush, even with Bosa, has been struggling to get home. Um, so I think maybe by bringing in Chase Young, that's going to that's gonna really improve them in that corner. And maybe in a roundabout way, it's going to help out the secondary just in terms of giving the quarterback less time to get the ball out and you're going to end up having the wide receivers won't get as deep into their roots and things like that as well. So maybe the Niners are looking at fixing it that way. Um, Monte Sweat, obviously the Bears, they're a building team. We know their defence is not great. They definitely needed help everywhere, but why not start with pass rush? Same thing. If you've got a good pass rush, you're going to put their quarterbacks under pressure. You're going to get to running backs quicker. Um, on the prices though I would say that in typical Bears fashion they've probably slightly overpaid because I mean it was like a second they gave up for him which let's face it that's probably going to be it's like the um, the Claypool trade from last year where you're essentially handing over a first round pick really when you're if you're picking 33rd, 34th whichever yeah. kind of pick that one becomes um, and whereas the Niners for Chase Young Yes, I know he's been injured and he's younger, so slightly less proven. Um, they gave up a third round pick, but it's one of their compensatory picks. So if you look at where that's actually going to land, it's probably in that what, depending on where they you know finish at the end of the season, it's it's way beyond pick ninety. Anyway, yeah. is what I'm saying. it's probably low hundreds. So you know, to me, I'm kind of going like that. Seems like it's probably a bit of a bargain, um, and they've got another guy that they can put into that kind of. That very good defensive line. Um, so even if they let Armstead go in a couple of years, then Chase Young's should be an obvious replacement, or somehow you keep all three of uh, him and Bosa, and then you've just got this devastating front line kind of thing to, for yeah. the next few years. So, no, I, I like both trades. I think the Bears may be overspent slightly, like I said, but I totally get it. Like, if you can go out and get Montez Sweat to, you know, put in your team and start building for next year, then why not? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I am quite surprised. Well, uh, we don't know if there was any more interest, but to be fair, if you had the choice, Niners would probably top a Chase Young's teams to go to. But for that value, there must have been a few teams sniffing about them. But 
as you say, even if teams are starting, and the Niners are there, you're, you're depends. It maybe another couple of teams, but Niners are going to be one of your top three picks of teams to go to if you're if you're looking to move. Uh, right, move on. So we're going to go to the back end. We'll double this one up as well, Stuart, yourself. So Ken Byer, Titans to the Eagles, Russell Douglas, uh, Green Bay to the Bills. What's your thoughts on the, the two moves at the DB and safety? Who's that, to me or Scud? Scud, sorry. Scud. I think you said Stu. But... Sorry, I've got confused the life at me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> what was that one? Sorry, buddy. Kevin Bayard, Titans to the Eagles, and Russell Douglas, uh, uh, Packers to Bills. Um, the Bills. Oh, well, first of all, the, the Eagles needed help. Um, they've been ravaged by injury. So I think that's a great... Getting him in there to help with that was going to be a great help but beef them up a bit because I think they must be the unluckiest team with injuries. I'm surprised they've got as much wins as what they've got, to be honest with you, um, with all, uh, how they've been struggling so much on defence. Um, so I think that's going to be a good one and it's, it's only going to strengthen them because if their injuries come back, then I think, I thought it was going to be the 49ers in the NFC, but to me, I think it's the Eagles all day long now, the way they've been, they've not really played well, and they're seven and one, so that's a scary thought. I know the cowboy will be interesting, the cowboys and them, but I said it was going to be like it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think if they start to get healthy, it could be not so good for the rest of the NFC and your cowboys, mate. Unfortunately, um, what, oh, sorry, what was the last other one? Sorry, but Matthew Douglas went for the Packers to the Bills, a cornerback. Ah, he'll again. They need they need all they need help as well. They've been getting shown up as um just as much in the D um, at the moment. It's got the same story, like the Bills have had a few injuries kind of thing back there. So it's yeah. I think go, go basically yeah, like, they're carbon copy. Um and when the Patriots can beat you, there's something wrong with your defence. That's all <laughs> and that's not a slate, but we've not really been doing well on offense. But if we're managing to maintain and do score points against you. And it was look quite not easy, but we were grabbing down the field with a wee bit of ease and away, and it was quite concerned. It must be concerning for them, especially when you've got the Dolphins, the um, the Chiefs, the Bengals now starting to click into gear again. That's not so good for them in the AFC. Yeah, just going back to what we said about uh, Kevin Byard and Eagles. I, I think I don't know if you heard it last week, but I mentioned that so far this season the Eagles have went through fifteen. Defensive backs this season. Crazy amount. Like, defensive backs. For a, for a team that's seven and one, that's an absolutely like diabolical amount. Of, uh, you know, yeah. they, they've basically got the DB room uh, equivalent of the Giants uh, WR room. Remember the, the many <laughs> that we talked about? Where like they've got like ten wide receivers, and they're just trying to make one good one out of them. <laughs> All right, leg up a him. All right, arm up a him. Anyway, let's quickly move on. Uh, next two, we'll just quickly cover quickly. Uh, Leonard Williams, New York to Seattle. Seems like a good move for Seattle. I watched these interview today, and he was, which was good to hear. Um, and he's sometimes hear about these trades where players have basically told you are going, and that is it. He said that the GM is very open with him and said, look, not necessarily shopping you about, but this is what's happening. Um, there's a couple of teams that are interested in you that are on the winning side of the season. And Seattle's one of them. Um, do you want to go? Type thing. Yeah. So he said they, they, they were very open, very honest with him. Um, and he was like, Yeah, okay, that's thanks for basically they've said we're going to do nothing. 
from this year, we want you to go somewhere that's going to that's going to do something. So to New York, the, the only thing will tell how much they gain out of that trade. Seattle are getting a good uplift there um, as they're starting to turn the corner. But to turn the corner, Seattle are doing well, but this is going to add to it for them. Yeah, how much uh, did they get? Or just quickly, Dan, how much did they get for him again? What was the... <laughs> Because um, I, I felt like when it was one of those when I looked at it first, I thought, oh, that seemed like under. You know, they could have had more, but now that you're saying that with the interview, it kind of sounds like maybe the maybe New York's kind of turned around and said, like, okay, here's the two offers you get to choose kind of thing, which is, from an organisational side, yeah. it's maybe not good because you're not getting as much as you could for your asset, but at the same time, from an organisational side, it sort of makes you look good with free agents yeah. because it's kind of like, yeah, so I don't know if you've got it up there, like how much it yes, was. I remember uh, thinking, uh, yeah, sorry, it's a second this year and a fifth next year, okay, which is not bad, but like I think they maybe could have had slightly more than that, like you know, saying maybe a fourth next year or something like that. So, but the Giants are also picking up nine million dollars of his contract as well. Ah, okay, they see that that's that's maybe why when I read it first, I went like, okay, this seems like it could be good enough, yeah, but, yeah, sure. <clears throat> but it seems nice that they've sort of let Kept him in the loop, at least, if not gave him the yeah. choice of where to go. Yeah. Consider they gave a third and a fifth for him. That's actually, they actually done better getting picked back from him than they did actually acquire him. I, that's, I read that today, actually. They, they got more back from him than they, got, they gave for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quickly, the last one. Uh, we're the quarterback merry-go-round, who's going to end up in Minnesota. Turns out it's Joshua Dobbs. He's done okay for the Cardinals this year. He's not, he's not had... <laughs> Like, much to throw at or to do, but he's he's looked decent enough. Um, obviously beat us. Um, but with Kyler Murray coming back, and obviously now this explains why Clayton Tune was going to be the starter this week, why that was announced earlier in the week. Yeah, uh, it was expected to be announced anyway. So, um, if you're a Vikings fan, are you happy with this one? What's your thoughts, guys? I think you need to be. Uh, the the rookies, you'll get to see him this week. The rookie, um, is it Holly's name? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Jaren yeah, Hall. Uh, I grabbed them um, on because I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, you'll get to see him. But you want somebody who's been about a bit longer, and Dobbs can do that. And you say he's looked serviceable at Arizona. And to be fair, the weapons they've got, you should be able to service them and keep them going. Yeah. And JJ to come back, it's it's a good it's a good offense to be part of. And if, you, when, if he's got limitations, hopefully they'll be able to help him out with their abilities and to get, bring the ball down. Yeah, he probably yeah. also has a cheap option salary-wise as well for them. If they went for somebody like Tannehill or that, they would maybe have to pay a wee bit more um, kind of salary-wise. And obviously they're now talking about Cousins will be back next year. So somebody like Tannehill going to come here and go, you play him one year and then you're back as a backup. So I think it all kind of came together. It makes sense from all angles at this not just necessarily Dobbs himself, but the, the, the level of quarterback he's at, I think it's, it's what Minnesota need for this season and then what happens in the future, who knows. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, just, just like one thing on Dobbs, like, uh, I mean, I would say like, he has done a very good job of making guys like uh, Trey McBride and like, I know Hollywood's a good, really good receiver, but he's kept them fantasy relevant yeah. this year. Yeah. So, you know, if you can do that with McBride and Hollywood, you should be able to kind of maintain Addison and, uh, you know, Jefferson and TJ Dickinson and co. So uh, yeah. it's a good fit. Like, it's a guy that can just kind of hold the wheel 
and keep them going kind of thing and probably you know for him he'll be looking at it as well this is a chance I went for a you know a team that was trying to compete for bottom in the league to now a team that actually has a chance of making the playoffs kind of thing the last few weeks perfect guys I'm just going to this is not a trade transfer but I mentioned this in the chat we can't go without mentioning my favourite pickup of this week by a team and it's the Rams picking up Dresser Win as a quarterback onto their back. <laughs> what a name he has. Dresser Win. Anyway, right, let's crack on with the game, guys. <laughs> right, so, guys, people listening, people watching, we, in preparation for these crew, uh, preview crews and review crews, we spend a bit of time chatting about what games we're going to cover. Uh, we always do try and look outside the obvious choices. We done it last week. We, we picked up a couple of stories last week that weren't the obvious choices, which we really enjoyed discussing. But this week, we had no choice. It had to be these games. It was too obvious, and the games are too big not to pick. So, for the first one, Zoom Ersten Spiel gave us Nach Deutschland for Dolphins und Chiefs. High school German finally came in useful. They're good, They're good. So, it's AFC number one versus AFC number two. Six and two versus six and two. Mahomes versus two. Tyreek versus the Chiefs. We're all going to cover this game off together, guys, but Stu, I'll let you kick the discussion off. What, what a game to start the weekend there. I know, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Like, uh, you know, I'll be I'll be here at 7am or whatever time it is for me. Um, beer stein in hand. As long as, long as you get the clock's right this time. I know, I know. <laughs> my clock's changed this Saturday, so I'll be back to seven hours difference. For ah, there you go, you're good. You're Eight good. hours for the game, so it'll be like a 7am or 6am. Kick off some of the bratwurst out, like I'll be ready to go. Get the leather hosen out, crew branded leather hosen. Yep, yep, definitely. Um, but no, like I, I'm really looking forward to this. It should be, like you say, fantastic. Like interesting narrative, just in the the Chiefs kind of. I don't know if they maybe had their eyes on this one a little bit too much mm. last week when they seemed to look very unchief like, and uh, you know had a, you know no take nothing away from the the Broncos. But the Chiefs laid an absolute egg kind of last week, so that's my my main thing this week is like seeing can they step up and be the championship Chiefs because so far they've kind of they've been winning, but they've been sort of limping along in spots as well. Yeah, definitely. It's it's been it's been a weird season watching the Chiefs this year. Mm-hmm. Like you come into this season expecting them to be the Chiefs, and they've really not been at all. Um, Scott, what do you think's been what's going on with the Chiefs? Is it Taylor Swift's fault? That's nah, all. Nothing there with her. I just think they get found. They're getting. I don't know. They've just apart from Kelsey. Who do you feel comfortable throwing the ball to in that team? Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, I mean, you've <laughs> not got. You've got Scantlin. You've got and then all the rookies. And Moore. Um, I can't, is it, I can't remember them. Price or. Uh, you got Rashi Rice, Moore, Hardman, Hardman. 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 Hardman's I mean, back. That might help. But studs is big as. The our big chief sell said Hardman's a punt returner, and even then he muffed that. So <laughs> he's no he's not got a lot going for him. But I just don't know what it is. They just don't seem to be as Andy Reid always coached him up. The same as Belichick always used to do, coach up mediocre wide receivers. But maybe it's just there's just too much there. There's not apart from Kelsey's getting older. I know he's no falling off a cliff anytime soon, but he is getting older. It can he always go through him. Because yeah. although he plays through whatever he can, he's got a he's getting older and takes bigger, longer time to recover stuff. So 
it will be interesting to see him. It's good, but I'm actually buzzing for this because I'll be I'm rolling it all Sunday just for watching American football. Um, so I'll be a good one to kick off with, and um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, we spoke a couple of weeks ago on the pod. We, we covered the Chiefs a wee bit, and we said like, other, the Chiefs to an extent, and we, we mentioned it with Andy Reid there, trying to do the same as the Patriots done, have that quarterback who's elite, but have not elite wide receivers, and it worked for the Patriots. Just doesn't seem to be working for the Chiefs anymore. Um, yeah, so fl- flapping over Dolphins. Dolphins have been good, eh? Dolphins have been good, and I don't. Th- I think we. We were all weren't sure how it was going to go. Obviously, Tua came back for that injury last year. Um, how was he going to respond? And we've seen all the stuff he done in the off-season in terms of the jiu-jitsu and learning how to fall properly and stuff like that. He has looked an absolute stud this year, hasn't he, Stu? Ah, he's been absolutely fantastic to watch, kind of thing. Especially when I've been uh, seeing my own boy kind of struggling along a bit with injuries. So it's... It's kind of refreshing when you can sort of change the channel and see somebody like absolutely lighten it up, especially when they've came back from all the, you know, we were talking about it last year saying like, is he ever going to, you know, is he going to end up having to end his career? Like, should yeah. he even be playing? And uh, like you say, put in the work in the off-season, strengthen the old neck, stuff like that, learn to fall, and, you know, him and Tyreek have just been absolutely lighting up. I mean, how many yards is Tyreek Hill sitting on for the season? 2080. 2080 or something, like that. 1080. He's over a thousand yards already, anyway. And through eight games, <laughs> so it's not six it Like you know, the guys, the guys like on to you know potentially break records this year if all goes well, and you know, fingers crossed, he he doesn't get injured, kind of thing. Um, I mean, two has been great to watch. On the other side, Mahomes. It's been really interesting because as much as we're talking about the elite quarterback and. How much of the, you know, the missing... We're talking about the wide receivers maybe letting them down, but in some of the Chiefs games I've seen, it's like, it's not just the wide receivers. Sometimes Mahomes seems to be on the wrong wavelength as well, and they might be running their routes, but he's putting the ball into odd spots. So it's kind of like maybe the chemistry is just not quite there yet. But the thing is, though, it's still Patrick Mahomes, and I, I keep waiting on him, you know, turning into Patrick Mahomes that we've seen the last kind of like three, four, five years or whatever, where he just... He works magic, so I we know we all know he can do it. Um, but no, I just to me, I think so far I, I have to go further ahead in that MVP race. Like he just on the strength of play through the first yeah. uh, half of the season. But. Yeah, I mean the Dolphins have popped 271 points already this season, so they're averaging 34 points a game over eight games. I mean, like you say about Tyreek, I think that's a the, yeah. People talk about the records; it's a 17 game season. All that Tyreek has put the most the. Sorry, Tyreek has put up the most yards of the first eight games of a season ever. Every game, yeah. doesn't matter how many game season you've got, you can't take that record away from him because there's always at least eight games. Um, yeah, he's just. I mean, the thing is, it's not just it's not just Hill either. It's Waddle as well. Waddle's just. It, we had this conversation a week. Jalen Waddle would be a number one receiver on any other team in this league. It's just yeah. unfortunate he's having to sit behind uh, Tyreek. Um, so I'm starting to pull Waddle stats up there, but they're coming up too slow. Um, yeah, geez, I think at the start of the season, I think we all go back to fantasy chat for a bit. We looked at the Chiefs wide receivers and thought, Mahomes has thrown them the ball. These receivers are going to do well. We looked at Sky Moore, we looked at Rashi Rice. None of the two of them have really stepped up to the extent where the Chief, what the Chiefs need them to do. Um, yeah. And if it doesn't happen soon, I mean, I'm not going to say the Chiefs are going to keep going and keep doing well, but... I mean, there's Some something to do, we'll forget. Like, you know, we can't we can't bash them too much because I mean, it's one of those yeah. things where 
they're still top of their division. They're still, you know, t- like they're tied for the top of the FC, aren't they? Or they're up there. All four divisional like, leaders in the FC are on six and two. Yeah, so that's what I mean. It's like they're they're up there for sure. So it's not like, yeah. but basically they look bad for the Chiefs. But what does that, you know? It's not like they're bad for the NFL. I guess we need to remember that. Is the thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think it's because the, the high standards have set over the last couple of years. We expect to still see yeah. that from them. And yeah, they're, they're six and two. But you say last week, uh, that game last week, the Chiefs don't lose that last year or the year before. Or maybe they, they probably did now. I've said that they probably lost a game like that. But do you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> it's not it's not the result, it's it's the performance and the scoreline well and if they lost to the Broncos the tight game for enough, but that was that was something else when it scored last week. I know definitely I was I was shocked at what I was seeing, um, to be honest with you, but to be fair, the Broncos, you could see a result was coming against the Chiefs. I've I know I've been on it and I always try and have a dig at studs and wing studs up on this, but you could tell something was going to happen and mm-hmm. It's how they respond to it now, because to me this year they've not had it, they've not played any great teams yet. This is going yep. to be their first big test. I mean, I'm looking at it here. You've got Jags, the Bears. The Jags were at the beginning of the season when they were not looking too hot. The Bears, we all know, New York Jets without thinking. Mate. Minnesota was a tire fire. They beat the Broncos yep. once, and then the Chargers. So they've not really had that big team to play yet, so it's going to be interesting how they cope playing against an uh, actual other big team in the AFC. Yeah. So what's in it? Uh, the Dolphins, who have got after the Dolphins? Eagles. Oh, well, we'll find out, we'll find out <laughs> what they're made of after the next two weeks then, basically. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to say, like, they could eat, well, it sounds obvious to say this, but they could easily be six and, six and four. In the next two weeks, they could easily be eight and two. Really? Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. But this is this is a big test for the, the, the Chiefs. I mean, the thing is, it's the Chargers that are sitting behind them. Do you know what I mean? So it's not as if they lose well, the two games. The playoffs, it just means that's what I mean. It's, that's, that's what I mean. It's like some of the other divisions, if you lost those, those two games, you'd be sort of somebody breathing down your neck. The Chargers probably aren't going to put much pressure on the Chiefs, but it comes down to the whole thing. Is if you can't win these games during the regular season against these teams, are you going to be able to do it in the playoffs when you really need to step up? And if these players, these receivers we're talking about, can't do it in a regular season game, can they be expected to then step up? I know you're talking 10 weeks down the line or whatever, they can get better and the chemistry can build, but these are the games where these players, the Chiefs, need they need to step up and show what they can do now, not wait to the end of the season. And I guess my other point on it as well, as much as I'm saying, let's not be doom and gloom about the Chiefs quite yet, is, you know, right now I look at them, and yes, they're tied for the top of the AFC, so this is the other side of that argument. Um, I don't, you know, unless they beat the Dolphins this week, I would say I fancy the Dolphins more to be the number one seed. So how are the Chiefs going to do without the much spoken of Arrowhead invitation. You know, yep, yep. you know, with their, their home, you know, their bye week and then their kind of home playoff advantage for two rounds kind of thing. So, because yeah. it's like when we've seen them on the road to teams like the Bengals and that, I know that's a regular season, they typically don't do that well kind of thing. So it's, yeah, you know, or in the bigger matchups, like they, they normally, they make hay in their division for sure because they're playing teams like the Chargers who, let's face it, their defence is an absolute tyre fire. Um, and I guess that's actually a point with this game, you know, here as well is 
how is the, the Chiefs' defence, which has been pretty good, that's really been the best part of their team this year, yeah. how is that the Dolphins' offence and vice versa? The Dolphins' defence, which has been, you know, it's not been the best in the league or anything like that, but they've been pretty good. Like, they've been good enough. Yeah. And the Chiefs' defence hasn't been well. It's a hard team to start clicking against, if that makes sense. When you could yeah. do it against the Broncos, and the Broncos were, I mean, I would have them ranked 33rd out of the 32 teams for defence going into <laughs> week. Like, that's how bad they've been. But. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at the schedule, so obviously the Chiefs have got these two big games, Dolphins and Eagles. They then go, the rest of the season isn't too bad. They've, they've got the Bills and they've got the Bengals, but apart from that, yeah. they've got the Raiders, the Packers, the Patriots, the Raiders again, and the Chargers. So if they can get through these two games, they've got two more tough games for the rest of yeah. the season. So if they get through it, you see it. The Dolphins... After today, they've got five very well games you expect them to win. So after this weekend, they've got the Raiders, the Jets, the Commanders, the Titans, and the Jets again. But their issue could potentially be they finish Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. That's their yeah. last three games. That's a tough so, <laughs> Yeah. So going to the end, I mean the, the Bengals finish Raiders. Uh, sorry, Chiefs finish Raiders, Bengals, Chargers. So if it comes down to that point of the season, you maybe fancy the Chiefs a bit more, but it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But um, is it between these two teams for the FC number one slot then? Is that, that consensus, do we think? I mean, I can't rule out uh, the Bengals. <laughs> Even though we're, we're last in our division, and I mean, yeah. if only we could play the NFC West every single week, because all of our wins have been against the teams that <laughs> But... Now, now being, being realistic, it's like, well, the Ravens finally look like they're clicking as yeah. well, as much as their defence has been awesome, but they're another team that Lamar some weeks looks fantastic, but the wide receivers aren't quite there. But that, you know, the last couple of weeks, it's like, I think the Ravens are finally, especially last week, the Ravens are finally waking up. So I don't know if we're going to catch them for the top of the, the division. So the Ravens I always worry about. So um, they're always in the forefront of my mind. The Bills, Scott, you can probably speak a bit more about them than me, but I guess they're the other ones that's in the running. Like, they'd need to chase the Dolphins down, but... We'll cover the Bills in a wee bit, remember? No. We'll have, we'll let me talk about it later on, but yeah, it's looking at, I mean, again, if well, this kind of covers off both games, if the Chiefs win this week and the Bills win, suddenly the, Bills and the, the Dolphins are level. And yeah. the Bills have got the best points differential in the whole AFC. I mean, only there's, there's them and then the Ravens. So we we have, well, I don't know who, I'm not going to tell you guys with the same brush I have personally said, and a lot of people have said that they think the window for the Bills was gone. But they're just kind of sitting there bubbling underneath at the bottom at the moment. So we'll cover them a bit more. We keep, anyway, yeah, but, we keep seeing their dead. And then <laughs> the next week they win, and then they lose to the Patriots, and then yeah. they're dead again. So. I know. It's, it's a crew. It's like whoever we predict go the opposite way. That's basically what to do. Um, what you're saying there, Dan, uh, just taking a tie bow in that part um, on the who's going to win the AFC. So it's going to be the Jaguars then, because none yes. of us are them, and they're winning the other division. <laughs> the Jags, or the, or the Jets are going to, Aaron Rodgers is going to make a miraculous cover and come back, and the Jets are going to ah. somehow win the AFC. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, let's, let's, let's get the cover this one off then. Predictions, Stu, you go first. I'm going to say purely based on the fact that their offense has not been clicking for me, 
I think the Chiefs are, they're not going to win. I think it's going to be the Dolphins. And it's purely because their offense has been going hard and their defense has been good enough. And Eli Apple has great experience locking the Chiefs up as well. So now that the Dolphins have him, that's their key to success. Well, I didn't realize he went there. He's a disaster. <laughs> I got a real disaster. I love the guy. <laughs> Go for it, Scott. I love him as well. I love him when he played for the Giants against us. He was brilliant for us. I'm gonna wait a tangent. Uh, no, I'm, I'm again. I'm going with the Dolphins. Um, I just think they're the more complete team at the moment in time. They're playing as a unit at both sides of the ball. So I'll go with the Dolphins. Ten. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it a full house. The Dolphins at the moment, the whole offense just is just. <laughs> We've done again. They're electric. They, they just. I mean, you look at the. the we said that the Chiefs' offense is just so stop-start. It's Kelsey. They get a bit of running going, Rashi Rice, maybe catch a touchdown. It's just so stops that. That Dolphins defense just doesn't, eh, sorry, offense just doesn't stop. It's like Ange Postacoglu is an offensive coordinator. They just never, ever stop. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Dolphins as well. And I, I think, I'm not going to say comfortable, but I think they'll win this by 10, I'm going to say. That's my prediction for it. Right, guys, let's move on. Did you say that? Sorry, did you say by 10 as well? You said by yes. 10. Sorry, I, I never heard you. Sorry, I probably interrupted you. My apologies. Okay, by 11. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the under nine. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be nine nothing. It's going to be just field goals. That's it. Oh, I, I would love that. that would be I know you've been to say that. <laughs> On the way to Germany, just to watch a field goal show, like 6 3 or something like that. <laughs> right, let's move on, guys. Let's move on. Now, for those that are regular listeners, you're going to find this section a wee bit weird, all right? Because we've got the Bills at the Bengals and Stu is not covering this game. <laughs> we decided to mix it up a bit because I always talk about the Cowboys, Stu always talks about the Bengals, we usually get Scud to talk about the Patriots. Let's mix it up. Let's get everybody else's opinion. Let's get everybody else's. So, the Bills at the Bengals, Scud, take it away. I'm looking forward to this game. Um... Last week, I thought the Bengals were looking more like themselves from last year. Obviously, Joe Burrow looking a bit more healthier. Um, chasing a good game. Mixing. You know where I started running the ball again. I don't know where that came from. But, no, they're looking more thing like they're going um, like their old self. And then the Bills, again, are much the same as the Bills are married with the Chiefs. They're sitting, they've still got a decent record, 5-3, and three, but they just don't. I said. I said earlier. If we can beat, if we've ran the ball up and down in the defence, there's something that it's just no clicking with them. And as you said, are they? Are they going out? Are they Mister Window? Allen's good, but he's starting to get. I just feel that this year he's there's more errors in his game than it was last year. There's more these interceptions. There's more just not maybe reading the play as well. So it's an interesting game and. Both teams can be doing with the win. As you say, Stu, the Bengals are trying to chase down the Ravens, so they need every win they can get. So, And then the Buffalo Bills are also charging, um, chasing down the Dolphins. It's quite an interesting game. But I just, I don't know, I'm just happy to see a, a, a healthy Joe Burrow because it wasn't good seeing him struggling along. Um. And he's got all these wide receivers there, and, and they say Mixon. I, I think it's questionable, but if Mixon's fit, then we 
the Bills have been ran on this season, so having him fit and having a good game last week is going to be interesting to go with as well, because he really did have a good game last week. Yeah, looking at, and this is something, we always we seem to do this a lot on the podcast, we seem to put teams down and slate them off, and we look at the stats and go, hmm, actually they're not as bad as we have made them out to be. So let's look at the Bills. The Bills have put up the second most amount of points in the AFC this year, behind the Dolphins. They've got the best points differential. Are they just suffering from the fact that they're in the same division as the Dolphins this year, Stu? I actually... <laughs> I think so. Um, I mean, I, I will say, I think Scud is also, you know, he identified there with Josh Allen. I think he's maybe correct in the sense that it almost seems to me like uh, Allen's forcing things. Yeah. Sometimes we shouldn't, he's almost, I'm not going to say he's overthinking, um, but I, I don't know if it maybe is the pressure's getting to him a little bit. I'm not saying the pressure's getting to him because clearly they're putting up a ton of points and they're playing well. What I mean is the pressure's getting to him in terms of he is looking at going like, this is our window, we need to push, we're chasing the Dolphins now. So, yeah, I know I definitely think that is something that if they were in another division, they'd probably be, you know, if they were in the Jaguars division, it's, I mean, if any of our teams were in the Jaguars division, they'd probably be right up there. Can I think? Uh, the mines would they be? <laughs> <laughs> you might still be sitting like, you know, four and four or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a start. Um, looking at the stats, I've just looked at the receiving stats this year. Stefan Diggs was fourth in the league, 748 yards. So, ahead, and you've got Tyreek, AJ Brown, and Puka Nakua, who, who nobody would have predicted at the start of the year. Uh, Stefan Diggs is sitting with 748 yards. So, the offense is obviously doing something well. Um, Diggs, Diggs is well documented. We don't know where Diggs' his head is at with this team. Is he is he want to be there? Does he not want to be there? Does he like Josh Allen? Does he not? What's happening? With, what's happening with Diggs? Good. I've said it before. I think he's just a diva. Um, he's done it, done the same in Minnesota. Stamped his feet and then got his trade. And I think he's doing the same here. He's just looking this in. He's not looking this in. As you said, he's fourth fourth or fifth overall in receiving yards. But I just think he needs to be the centre of attention which I feel is not great for being a wide receiver. You've got big teams like, on the opposite end of the ball, you've got Chase, but you've also got um, Higgins, you've got Boyd, they've got a good core. Whereas that's where I think the Bill side, you've got Diggs, Gabe Davis, he's never really broke out, so to speak. But they've only got, they've not got as much, but that's I think that's more the fact as Diggs' ego kind of handling it or, Big receivers in the team with him. Yeah, Gabe Davis is only four hundred and thirty-four yards this year. Um, so not the most. He's got five touchdowns. I think Diggs is. I had it a second ago. Diggs has got six. Um, Diggs has got six. six. Yeah. So there's only so Diggs has got over three hundred yards and more than him. Only one more touchdown. Um, yeah, I think Diggs Diggs is like that. I'm the one. I am the number one receiver, and you will make sure I am the number one receiver. Whereas people like you, you reference Chase there, yeah, everybody knows he's the number one wide receiver in Cincinnati, but he doesn't shout about it and he doesn't, uh, doesn't have the ego to say that. And that seems to be Buffalo, yeah. I think, are like, as a team unit, are good, but he just seems to be kind of be an outlier where he's like, no, I'm not, I, I'm not saying he's not a team player, but when you look at teams as units, that there's no ego, there's no I'm number one, I'm the best, even though they are. But with, with the Bills, there seems to be that disconnect between the team and Stefan Diggs sometimes, which 
is it down to being so competitive that he, he is such a winner, or is it a wee bit of mm, grow up? Yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, you know, I would definitely can I agree with that. I think that Stefan Diggs, to me, does come across as an absolute prima donna kind of thing. The guy wants to be the top dog, and I mean, you can, the thing is, is, like you say, you can be the top dog, but you don't need to be talking down to other people or making people feel like crap, whereas, you know, you may, mentioned there about the Bengals, but for instance, a couple of weeks ago, it's like uh, when, when Yoshi was, like uh, Yoshi, when he got his first touchdown, like Burrow and Chase made sure that he got that ball, whatever they were, like, grab I've that ball, that. want that ball, that's, you know, that's yeah, your doing that, yeah. Kind of thing, and then after it, like in the last couple of weeks, it's like you're seeing them in the, the dressing room, and it's like all the wide receiver guys they'll hang out with each other, and they're all. I mean, obviously, I'm a Bengals fan, so I follow the social media, but it's like you're seeing like Chase and like the, that new rookie guy, Yoshivas. Like, I mean, we took him where like fifth round or sixth round or something like that this year, but we've worked him into plays as the seasons went on, and that's something that the Bengals are kind of good at. It's like as much as we have Chase, who's always going to get fed. Higgins now that he he looks a bit better now after the bye just with his rib injury and stuff. Like he didn't, didn't have a huge game on Sunday there, but I think he's still got like what forty eight yards or something. Um, so he's definitely coming back. But you know you've got him and then Boyd's there as a veteran. But then even um, like Yoshi and uh, I forgot his name, punt returner guy, um, who also plays wide receiver. You know we put him out on snaps as well. It's like all of them are involved and they're all just absolutely delighted for each other whenever they make a catch. You don't see people pissing and moaning on the sideline if they're not getting targeted. Because it's just right. like, yes, the play has worked out exactly the way it should. We got the first down there because Joe Burrow's thrown it to the WR6 or whatever in the team kind of thing and they're all just happy kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, it, it doesn't seem to be the type So obviously, you look at you, we're going to just talk about the Bengals because they are obviously not side of the ball here. Like, Chase, maybe I understand his role is not always be the one to catch the ball, it's to take that coverage away. He knows yeah. that if he does his job, he'll get double covered and that'll leave a space open for somebody else. And that's what be a team player is. Whereas Stefan Diggs is like, I know it wasn't double coverage, but why do you still throw me the ball? Throw me the ball. Uh, <laughs> I'll go up and get it, which he might. He does go up yeah. and get it. Let's right, go back to what you mentioned about the, the Bengals receivers, Boyd. I, I never see all the games I picked up in Red Zone, but he seemed to get a few decent catches last week, kind of. Start to come back in it a wee bit more. I mean, Boyd's never really not in it because I mean, he does. He plays that slot role, and it's kind of like you know, he's like Edelman Scud. You'll obviously remember him, and Jules was like one of my favourite non-Bengals players. Like just for the same reason, he was just one of those guys that like ninety-nine percent of the time you could put the ball into this really hard area, and he's going to do what he can to get the ball, and he's also going to try and get an extra yard or two like through contact. Um, but yeah, I, th I think Tyler Boyd definitely looks like he's he's starting to kind of heat up again. Um, not that he was really down, but it's him and Burrow seem to be back on the, the timing's better for that. Like the pass coming into the slot is really what it is. So it probably has more to do with Burrow's leg than it is to do with what Boyd yeah. was doing, kind of yeah. thing. Um, okay. Then oh, one I was just going to say, point on uh, Boyd though is uh, obviously the big kind of. The other big narrative every single time we play the Bills is the what happened with Demar Hamlin last year, and Tyler Boyd and him have been you know very close friends because they both came up through you know Hamlin a few years after Boyd, but they came up through the same system, and Hamlin was like getting in touch with Boyd for advice and everything when he was coming into the league, so they became really good friends through that. 
then obviously what happened last year is uh, I know it's kind of it's Taylor Boyd was uh, giving an interview actually just this morning that I was kind of listening to and he was clearly quite emotional thinking about it again because this is one of his best games in the league and you know we're back here again playing and obviously it comes back into your head kind of thing you kind of lost your body and as a as a, a you know big storyline for these games every time they come around. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's a good. Point. I completely forgot all about that too. So yeah, uh, let's look at these guys' schedules before we get to predictions, guys. So going forward, the Bills, Broncos, Jets, then they've got Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys. So that's that's going to be if they can get through these next three games and then hit a brick wall, then they get the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Dolphins to finish. So the Bills really need to start. I keep saying really need to start stepping up because they're doing all right. They're not doing bad, but they need to start putting that elite level to win these type of games uh, over the next few weeks. Uh, for the Bengals, you have got um, just refresh itself there. After this week, you've got the Texans, then Ravens, Steelers, Jags, Colts, Vikings, Steelers, then the Chiefs finish at the Browns. So that's not the hardest. Run into yep. the end of the season for the Bengals. I mean that this week and probably the the Ravens games are going to be your your two hardest. So there is a good chance there of of, of pushing forward. Right, so, so I think we end up with you talking more about the Bengals and we were planning on anyway. But anyway, trying to stop them. It's hard. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to keep them in so I can't say anything. I know. I, I'm fully prepared for when we hit the next game. Um, Dan, you're just going to be jumping in on the tape. <laughs> and as you should. <laughs> hey, let's get predictions. Scud, where's this one going? Um, I'm going with the Bengals. So, is there any point in asking? No point. I'm going Bengals. <laughs> Bengals again for me. Yeah, I think the Bengals are just starting to hit the stride, I think. I know. We're going to do this. Sorry, well, I'm, 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 I don't know the consensus in the next game, so it's all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the Bengals are now starting to, like you see, Burrow's back fit. The players are all working for each other. They're all getting involved. They're all making the catches. Mixing if he's if he's good to go. They just seem to be hitting their stride at the right time. So I think the Bengals are on the way up. Bills are floating about. I'm going to go with that one. So I'm going to go Bengals as well. Right, next one. I am going to sit here and try and shut my mouth as much as possible. <laughs> okay, here we go. So... PFF rate this the second biggest rivalry in the NFL. But what do they guys know, eh? We all know it's the biggest. Cowboys and Eagles, it gets the crew curse. It gets the crew curse. That's a new thing. We're going to, I'm going to trademark that. The crew curse as game of the week. Is it game of the week, Stu? Take it away. I mean, I would have said the last game was game of the week, but also I would have said that the first game... I know. The, if I have yeah. They're all games of the week. Let's just I'm only it. giving a game of the week because it's the Cowboys. You know that. But yeah, this, this weekend there is probably four yeah. games of the week. But we could only really look at this. It's like when you look at the scheduling for the whole weekend, it's just banger after banger after banger. Like, yeah. so, I don't know. Every window has a good game. So I think even by uh, what's the Monday night game? Because I remember uh, even looking at Chargers Jets. Well, I mean, that's exciting just for other reasons. You've got a really good offence with a crap defence against a kind of misfiring offence and an elite defence. So, it's probably still going to be a good one. If we started the, if we started the, 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 the weekend after Thursday night football, it's a good weekend of football. <laughs> Aye, that's true. Actually, you're right. Tonight's, 
mean, I don't know. There's there's stuff tonight that like you know I'm looking forward to seeing if Levis is actually real. Yeah. I hope or not. So. I guess a good and it might be nice to watch the Steelers lose, but we'll get to that later on. That's not what yes, we're yes, making. We'll, uh, we'll get to that. So, so I'm, 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 I'm go. <laughs> Cowboys, Eagles. So we're heading into this one. The Cowboys are sitting five and two. The Eagles, obviously, as we mentioned earlier on, are seven and one. Um, they're both coming off, or, or the, yeah, they're both coming off wins. Like, yeah, you guys beat the Rams. That's who it was, forty-three twenty, last time out. The Eagles struggled yet again, but won against the Washington Commanders, who seem to have their number. A little bit, but I'm going to put it more down to that. But the fact that they, they went in there, they still put up 38 points and A.J. Brown just absolutely destroyed and, uh, you know, did his thing. But I think the important, or maybe not the important thing to remember, but one of the things I clocked when I was reading up on this is, and I never even realised this, over the past five games between these two teams, the Cowboys are actually, they've had four wins and the Eagles have only had one of it as well. Last time out, you beat them 40-34. to 34. As well, that was last season, but I mean, I guess we need to remember that was when Minshew was leading the Eagles. But still, like, I mean, if you're looking at that though, four wins out of your last five, like, you know, over the last few years, it's like that's pretty impressive considering how good the Eagles have been. And they went to the Super Bowl last year, like, and only just so what you're saying is the Eagles are due a win. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pretty much good. But no, like for me, like looking at this one, it's like the, the main narrative like going into it though is you've basically got two teams that have wide receivers. AJ Brown, who's obviously over the last like six games, the guy's just been absolutely on fire. I think he's had more than 125 yards in every yeah. single one of the six yeah. games. NFL record. Uh, NFL record. And then you've got Dallas, who have CD Lamb, who I drafted in the uh, the Gridiron. Uh, Gridiron League and also traded for him in our Dynasty League, thinking that he was going to be absolutely amazing this year. And he finally showed up last week week. against Brian in the Gridiron League. So, Brian, there there you go. Um, Have some of them apples. (laughs) But yeah, I think for me, it's like it should be quite exciting to see how those wide receivers do because they're obviously coming up against good defences as well. But, um, you know, that's that's my kind of main thing for this game. Like, Dan, what are you thinking? Or how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, first talk about CD Lamb. I mean, that's. He's, he's been good, but last week was that game. You're like, when is he going to have that game? And it was yeah. last week. I mean, granted, it was against the Rams, but the Rams is still decent enough. But yeah, it was. What I think as well is, and you probably talk about it as well as Dak. He looked like a completely different player last week. He that was a Dak Prescott that you looked at at the start of last season. You thought you're on track for MVP. That was a Dak Prescott that turned up last week. But the problem is, it's the it's the inconsistency. I mean, my dad has said we will never win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. He's, he's, he's never going to move from it, no matter how well he plays. And this season, I was starting to think, you could be right here. And then he pulls that out last week. But part of that is down to his receivers as well. They've got to give him that... They, they, they get, they'll drop the ball for a start, because we've had a few drops this season. Brandon Cooks showed up a bit last week as well. Um, yeah, Tony Pollard. That's what Tony Pollard does. It was a couple of decent breakaways last week. Um, yeah, I, I think it's consistency. For me, it's all down to consistency with our offence. That's the biggest issue. The weapons are there. The play calling looks to be there. When it, last week it was there. It wasn't there the week before. Who knows? It's consistency for me. Scott, what's your thoughts on the Cowboys' offence? 
I think they're 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 a good unit, and Dak has cleaned it up a bit. As you said, it looks more like what the, you you're hoping you're going to get for Dak. Um, they've got all the weapons. Even the boy Ferguson showed up at tight end as well. I, I loved his touchdown last week. It was a cracker. Yeah. I liked um, it. it. Was good, but. Dak just as long as that keep that keeps clean, then the the cowboys are going to be dangerous. But it's just making sure Dak remains keeping the ball clean. Because we've all seen it when it can go two or three games looking amazing and then he just drops a in six interception game. <laughs> but the one towards the tail end of last year was just I couldn't believe what I was watching when I was watching it. But is if he can keep the ball clean, you've got all your weapons there. Um C.D. Lamb, Cooks, Gallup, the boy Ferguson, Pollard's doing the ball well, running the ball. I only fear that you're not going to have much of a run game against the Eagles. I can see that being hard sledging for them. Um, oh, sorry, Stu's got Stu's got that his next point. I think. I was just going to say, like, uh, yeah, one of my things I'd noted down when I was kind of looking at the defenses, that is a, you know, that's something that. More, you know, for the for the run game, it's like I think it's going to be pretty pretty tough sliding. So I think it's going to be more on Dak to be throwing the ball in this game. Like that's going to be how the Cowboys are going to do it. Like and also the other side of the ball, they're going to have their defense like step up and be the defense that they've been this year, which is one of the better ones in the NFL. But on that rushing thing, uh, that's the one thing when I was looking at the the Dallas defense. I think you're only ranked 18th. Oh, terrible. I, like 18th against the rush, like you're a top four yeah. defense, but you're 18th against the rush. So to me, I look yeah. at the team and I go, okay, I know Hurts is maybe not quite. He's still getting the knee injury, so he's he's not quite as mobile. And we saw that last week. Um, but they do have DeAndre Swift, who yes, he's slowed down, like he's he's not getting as many yards as he was earlier on. But guys like Gainwell, um, you know, they can if they don't fumble the ball, they can they can definitely hurt you. Kind of thing as well, because Gainwell had quite a costly fumble last week. I seem to remember, if I'm remembering correctly, I'm pretty sure he dropped it in the red zone. Yeah, it was right on the one yard line, and he, he was not pleased with himself. <laughs> the, the side, I don't know if you saw that, and I know Sirianni, I think, came out after the game, and he was very supportive. Um, so I would, I would actually kind of, I would look to see Gainwell kind of do pretty good this week, but that's. You know, basically, my kind of thing with the defenses is I think the Eagles might try and go after that because that's totally I think to exploit is your rush defense maybe isn't the best, but for you guys because the Eagles are so good against the run, as Scott alluded to there, I think they're going to need to throw it. So you're going to be looking for Dak to be yeah. consistent because he's going to have to be. <laughs> yeah, just go back to the defense. We obviously picked up Mazzy Smith in the first round to to, to plug that gap. So far, hasn't really worked. Um, uh, I mean, we watch us. It's not it sounds daft, but the gaps are obviously there. But we just don't seem to be able to tackle runners. It's like the uh, running back is through, and he suddenly he's past the linebacker. Suddenly he's past the safety. Like how have you, how have you missed the tackles? It's like yeah. they just whiff at tackles. So it's not as if they're going through. There's wide open spaces. They're actually beating players because they can't tackle them. Might have actually in my daily thinking, how did you miss that tackle? Yeah, that, that's that is one of the biggest issues. Isn't it? Obviously, the gaps on the line are. Would they, they go outside, but it's missing tackles are costing us so badly in the run game. I mean, um, you don't want to be doing against the Eagles. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and the thing is, it's also 
when your defence is that susceptible to the run game, it then just opens up the pass, the play action all the time. And it just, they run, run, run. And suddenly, you say, then there's AJ Brown 90 yards down the field catching the ball because you've committed to the run. And that's, that's obviously what works in the NFL is when you've got that good balance so that you can, you're not as predictable. So that's the flip side of it as well. If you're good at stopping one, like you said, the Eagles stop by a run, we know they have to throw the ball. Whereas if you can't stop a run, the offences have got both options to do whatever they want. Um, yeah. Flipping it back to the Cowboys for a second, what, taking away, we ignore the run defence because we spoke about that. What impresses you about the Cowboys defence? I would say everything, the pressure, even with Diggs going out, they've not noticed a drop-off at cornerback either. Um, they get pressure on the ball. <coughs> Sorry. Um, and I just think they've been really good against the... Um, fuck, my head's up my arse. Um, no, they've just they've been playing really well as a unit and they're playing, they're stopping the ball, they're doing really well against the pass. So... It'll be interesting to see because obviously that's where maybe the Eagles haven't been as strong. So if they can find a result and try and stiffen up their rush, it'll hopefully be good. It'll hopefully play into their hands because you want to try and get Jalen Hurts throwing the ball as much as you can. And if you can maybe not have to sell out to stop the run all the time, then it'll hopefully play bing me. But no, Mika Parsons is just a, a beast. Yeah. Um, and they've got so other good well, Van Der Esch and that seems to have turned up this season as well. So it's it's Land. been a really is <laughs> the one that so it's exactly. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for Scott to finish to, to mention that exact player. Three pick sixes already this season for the guy who was a slot cornerback until Diggs got injured. Suddenly he's now out there, and he's got three pick sixes. Talk about have you also got me your notes? What have you got in your notes about Duran Bland? Well, I just said there that just exactly on that, he's on three pick sixes. So if he gets one more pick six, so remember this is only halfway through the season. If he gets one more pick six, he ties the NFL record for like an NC, um, you know, pick sixes in one season. Wow. Still who plenty is, of games to go. Who's who got the record now? Have you got a note of that? Who's got it? Uh, oh, I never wrote that down. I did it for the kick because I've got the kicker record sitting here as well. <laughs> Short corner. <laughs> just so you know. Because <laughs> To give you that one, I mean, I was going to say that for, or I'll save that for statistic of the week actually, as okay. well. But just to give a slight spoiler, it involves Aubrey, but the the real statistic is who has the actual current record, as well. Okay. But we'll get to that later on. But no, I, I don't have who has the the record for the the most pick sixes. I should have wrote that down. <laughs> uh, where, where, where else have you got to do this? Any more talking points for this game for us? Uh... No, that's that's all I kind of really had. Yeah, the only other thing I'd noted was yeah, it was Gainwell fumble on the first on my next page. Gainwell fumble on the the one yard line, and Sirianni had kind of backed him up on that. So uh, look for to me, I, I think look for him to get a few red zone touches. I think Sirianni's kind of he's quite prone to if he backs players, he gives them opportunities to kind of get it back in there because like he was upset for him as well, and they knew it, it was it was a fumble, but it was one of those ones where like he was so gutted that he. You know, Seriani's like, no, no, it's okay, don't worry about it. Like, we're, we're all in this together as a team. <laughs> There's no po- pointing the finger of blame. Yeah. Just to There's come back to your pick. The record, by the way, sorry. On you go, Stu. Scott, sorry, sorry, on you go. Hi. Um, I, I have no idea who they are. Eric oh, Allen. I've got to do the same, on you go. I know, it's Eric Allen for the, for the Eagles. 
Jim Kennedy mm. for the Kansas City Chiefs and Ken Houston for the Houston Texans. Yeah. Good name. <laughs> Imagine being Ken. <laughs> <laughs> you need to say right, so Eric, Eric Allen was 1993, <laughs> Jim Kearney was 1972, and Ken Houston was 1971. So it's a record yep. that stood for, for a while. A um, long time, yep. On that list, there's about a million players with three in a season. Yep. People like Marcus Peters, Charles Tillman, Charles Woodson, Antrell Rowe, people like that, all on three. Deion Sanders on three. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be some... some uh, well, he's a good company already, especially when he was a guy that moved over to that position. Yeah. Kind of thing as well. But interesting if you can match that record against the Eagles as well, though, kind of thing. Just oh, the, uh, maybe just, player that's got the record? Are he, yeah, he was the first one that uh, st- uh, Scud named there. Hey, what? Why did he just get two against the Eagles? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Kev will be raging. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, let's get predictions. Uh, Stu, you kicked us off, so give us your prediction for this one. You know what? I'm looking at it, and uh, I'm going to play it safe, and I'm going to say Eagles. <laughs> and I think it's still a close game, though. I, I think it's, uh, I think, yeah, five or three points in it. Okay. I'm going to go the same purely for what you said there, mate. About the if they can, if the Eagles, if the sorry, the Cowboys can't stop the run, then I think they might find it too hard to stop them. I think this is uh, this is generally a huge game, obviously, because it's Cowboys against the Eagles. If we lose this, we go three games behind the Eagles. I don't see us picking that back up. So I think we need to win this game. Need to win if we want to. I, mean, I think we'll still get in the playoffs. I think we'll finish second, we'll still get in the playoffs the NFC. But if we really have any thoughts on winning this division, we need to win this game. Three games behind the Eagles at this stage of the season is far too far. Um, I'm also going to tip the Cowboys, obviously. <laughs> Good. Right, first first non Yeah, I, I, I did say it. I said it was going to be. I knew at least one of you wasn't going to pick the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My heart of hearts, I knew both of you were going to pick it, but I was, I was hoping someone was going to save me. But I'm used to it. I'm used to it. Anyway, guys, right. My wee brother, my wee brother would disown me if I didn't pick them. <laughs> right, rest in one. Um, so, usual usual script. Clockwise, one more dancers. Who's going to win it? Now, this is the game that I, I think could have been in the chat tonight. This is probably the fourth game of the week, I think. Uh, Seahawks at the Ravens, too. Who's winning it? Ravens, I think. Yeah, Ravens. Yeah, I mean, I, we've discussed the Seahawks. Seahawks are doing well. Ravens, I think, very much like the Bengals are, are starting to show what they can do. Uh, unfortunately for the Bengals, um, I'm on Ravens as well. Next one: the cousinless Vikings against the Tyler Hinkney. Hinkney? Hinkney? <laughs> Falcons? I can't speak. I still think the Vikings are going to be too strong in this one. Like even with the rookie. As well, like the Falcons, Falcons have a good defense, but um, I don't know. They just they don't show enough. And Heineke was with the Bengals, remember, on preseason, and he didn't look good. So I, I don't know. I'm, I don't, I don't trust him. Good. I'll go with the Falcons just to change it up. I think the Falcons, and they still don't know why, but what's going on with Bijan this year is all I'm going to say about the Falcons. They're just. It, Barely ran two weeks ago. He also scored his first touchdown last week. I first Smith said he wasn't feeling well, but who knows what's going on there. 
Uh, but I'm going to be used to it much, even with the rookie. Vikings are too strong for this one. Uh, Rams, Packers. Ramming it down, I think the Rams. Second year motion, Rams. Yeah, Jordan Love's just not. He's showing flashes what he can do. Rams are consistent. Rams, you know what you're getting with the Rams one way or another, so I yeah, Rams. Uh, Colts against the Panthers. Colts, I think. The Colts are starting to look kind of actually decent on offense, kind of thing. And Minshew and Downs are living a good pair. It's good. Yeah. Um, again, Colts with a two headed running back um, room with Taylor coming back and looking more and more like yourself every game. I think they've got too much for them. Yeah, Bryce Young obviously showed up a bit last week uh, to get that win over the Texans, but I still don't think it's enough to overcome this Colts team. So, yeah, we go Colts as well. Uh, one, I think this one could be an interesting matchup. I don't think it was one of the ones that was our discussion for us to talk about this tonight, but uh, Bucks against the Texans. You know what? I'm going to say Texans. It's good. I'm sorry. Um, go with the Bucks. A tough one. Box have got a very good box have got a very good D, but I'm a big CJ Stroud fan, so I'm gonna go Texans. And last one, uh Chargers Jets. Jets. <laughs> it's the, the defense beats the offense. It's, it's, I know the Chargers offense is good, but that, that was tough as well. But yeah, I think I think the Jets. Chargers. I can't go against my I can't go against my man Justin Herbert Chargers for me. Yeah, I was like, that was a tough rest and one this week. I thought I thought a lot of the games were borderline could went either way. I think so. I enjoyed yeah. those games for you. Makes for a good weekend of football, but a bad weekend of betting. That, that. <laughs> oh, fantasy. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> Talking of fantasy. Studs and sleepers. So this week we're going to go with a with studs and sleepers. So I'm up first with the quarterbacks. Um, I know who my sleeper's going to be. Stud. I don't want to go too obvious. That's the thing. It's like, uh, where do I go with this one? It's, it's obvious, but it's not obvious. I think I'm going to go Lamar Jackson for the stud this week. I think uh, the Ravens are starting to turn that corner, show what they can do. Seattle aren't. See, I, um, the, the, it's not going to be a walkover, so that's why I'm saying it's not going to be an obvious pick for him to be. I think the Seahawks are going to give them a matchup, and I just think I'm going to go with Al Jackson. Uh, sleeper, yeah, you still you mentioned a lot this week, and I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Hall at the Vikings. I think he's just got too many weapons about him to not put up a good amount of fantasy points unless he decides to run the ball a lot because he's a rookie, which. With those, with the, with the weapons they've got around about them, I think it'd still be daft not to let them throw the ball. Uh, he's pretty mobile. well, like from what I know of him, like he's a pretty mobile quarterback. So I, what I imagine them doing is there's going to be a lot of kind of RPO going on. Yeah. Um, so him being the runner sometimes rather yeah. than and that that's always hard for defenses is when you you get those kind of quarterbacks that you don't know whether he's throwing or if he's taking off the throw or if he's taking off kind of thing so I suppose if you've got him that can run and Madison and Cam Akers there it gives the Vikings a lot of options out of the backfield as such so yeah I'm going to go with him I think he's going to have a, a, a good uh, a good weekend 
Um, who was next? Sorry, guys, I've completely lost. Scud, running backs. Um, I touched on it earlier. I think Jonathan Taylor will have a He's have a game. Um, I just think the defense. He's just looking more and more like himself, and he's due a big game. So I'll go with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, um, so my stud and sleeper. I don't know if you can call him a sleeper, but um, Jacobs hasn't really had a good season so far. But I think he maybe the bounce of him. Um, McDaniel's getting punted, the, a different quarterback been there, they maybe have to rely on the run, so I've got a, just got, I've got a funny feeling he might have a decent game. It's not much of a sleeper, but it's just all, it was a bit most rusher, the biggest rusher last year, but I do think he's got a great season and he's due a wee rub of the green and getting a wee bounce. He is against the Giants as well, so it's a good shoot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stu, who's your receivers for this week? Uh, okay, study of the week. Um, again, we kind of briefly mentioned in the rest of one there, uh, Josh Downs for the, the Colts. He's my stud of the week. Like, I always hate trying to choose, like, you know, Tyreek Hill or somebody, you know what I mean, going for like a, an absolute maniac because it's like I, I'd rather go, okay, here's a stud who I think is going to do really, really well, but it's clearly not a sleeper either. So, yeah, Josh Downs, I could see him. Him and Minshew have had like great chemistry and I still think he's going to be targeted like crazy this week. So, you know when he picks somebody like Tyreek because doesn't matter everybody have them in their starting lineup anyway. So this doesn't mean you know what I mean. So maybe try to give somebody a better who you think might do well. It's not the obvious one. So Josh Downs is a great a great shout. Uh, who's your sleeper? Sleeper again. He's a guy that's actually done pretty well this year so far. But last week, interestingly enough, even though the Ravens started clicking, he had a really quiet week for him. Zay Flowers. I'm picking him as my sleeper of the week. I'm, I think he'll probably bounce back and. You know, again, maybe not the purest sweeper. I'm not saying like oh, I pick up somebody like Joshua Palmer or something. around <laughs> off, but Zay Flowers is a guy that he didn't have the didn't have the sweep last week. So I think I could I could see him doing well this week. Excellent. Okay, so it's back to myself at tight end. So this is a weird one because normally you struggle if you think oh these two players are probably studs when you when you do this. I'm actually going to go the opposite way with this one, where I think both these guys could be seen as a sleeper, but I need to pick one of them as my stud. Um, I'm going to go for a stud. I'm going to go for Michael Mayer at the, Ra- at the Raiders, I think. The new quarterback coming in, new head coach. McConnell, he's, he, you tend to see with these quarterbacks that come in, they use the tight end as a safety valve quite a lot, and I think that's what we're going to see with O'Connell and, and the Raiders this week. Uh, he's obviously got Adams there as well, Renfro, but I think... I think uh, he's going to use me here a lot, probably more, more than we've seen so far this season. Uh, my other one, you we mentioned them already tonight, and I think it's going to be Jake Ferguson. I, I know you've predicted him a couple of times to, to step up, and he's done okay. Um, yeah. But if Dak's going to have to throw the ball a lot this week, Lamb's going to get covered a lot, Cooks is going to get covered a lot with the no DBs that the Eagles have got, to be fair. Um, there might just be that space across the middle and, and those zones for Jake Ferguson to pick up, so I'm going to go with him as my sleeper this week. Nice. Uh, Scud, defences? Um, I say, there's, you say, there's a lot of close games, but this week, um, but to me, I went with the Browns against Arizona. I just think the Browns have got too much up, up there, and I think Garrett might feast again. Um, cool. as, although I've said, I don't even know who's quarter, is it the a rookie's quarterback? Yeah. Uh, so I I think he might get snapped into it to be honest with you. So 
we'll see. But no, I think the Browns are will have a good week defense wise. And sleeper, um, it could be seen as a homer pick, but I can see us holding Washington down. Um, and I'm going to go with the Patriots defense. They've been playing okay, even though we're missing a couple of big pieces. So I'm going to go with the Patriots. And as you said, see your quarterback, mate. I think Jones might have a game because they've not passed. They've just sent their best two right. pass rushers away. So folks, get your money in Sam Hill thrown for over a thousand yards this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're getting that mixed up with Jalen Hurts. <laughs> it's, as always, finishes off with the kickers. Okay, um, from a stud, I'm actually it's kind of a bit of a cop out because uh, partly because I wanted to mention that record and then use that as a statistic of the week. So my stud of the week is Aubrey because Aubrey is a uh, he's at a point where he needs just one more field goal uh, to to um, he's going to break the record because like, he's matched it already for most consecutively made field goals to start the career. Wow. In the NFL. And the statistic of the week is, okay, the guy that is tied with him, um, he is a guy that actually played for the Browns. And I believe it might be back in round about 2015-16, which is when you mentioned earlier on, Scott. So we're going, we're tying it all back around. Right back. <laughs> uh, so around that really bad period in Browns history. But they had a guy called uh, Travis Coons. Was a kicker back then, and uh, he made he made eighteen field goals in a row to kind of start his career, and then obviously missed one, and the Browns continued to be crap, and da, 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 so on and so forth. Sorry, Brian, but yeah, Aubrey has the chance this weekend. All he has to do is make his first field goal, and he'll break the record for most field goals by a rookie. So he's must for the custom. What's going to happen is he's going to miss that field goal, and the Eagles are going to win by two, and so it's yeah. all going to be your fault. Yeah, <laughs> I really like you. <laughs> um, so sleeper, sleeper of the week. This is actually a bit more of a sleeper because his team are absolute dog meat sometimes this year as well. Although they are playing the Rams, and that's uh, Andrews Carlson, so the Green Bay Packers kicker. So I've got him in as my sleeper. I mean, again, he's he's actually been pretty decent for them, but uh, I could see him doing well this week. As bad as the Packers have been on offense. I do think against the Rams, they should still be able to get into field goal range. So this guy could be someone that's going to put up like nine, ten, maybe over ten points or whatever in your in your league kind of thing. So I think the Rams have been giving up more than ten points to kickers quite often so far this season. So not not outside the realms of possibility. So Andrews Carlson, and that's your sleeper of the week for kicker. Magic. Thanks as always, guys. I think I, I think we had some great fantasy shouts in there this week. I really like that Brandon Aubrey pick. I really like the Jake Ferguson pick by me as well. So, hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Scud, I almost went for like a super depth sleeper pick, um, Juju Smith Schuster, just because you, th- you know, it's the same reason as you. Like the Commanders are missing their pass rush. You've lost uh, what's his head? Your main. I know you've got Douglas here. And he's been good, but Bond. Uh, oh, Bond's out. So, but I could see Juju. Again, going back to the Chiefs last year, Juju was like their kind of release valve because he's, you know, he's a big, you know, he's kind of quite a big frame. And like what he was doing well for the Chiefs last year was just standing around about that first yard or first down line, like whether it was 10 yards or six yards, he would just go up there, get the catch, bring the ball down. Doesn't need to go anywhere, just get the first down. I could see him doing that this week for you guys. So he's like my super depth. Uh, There could be a problem with that though. It is still Juju Smith Schuster. 
<laughs> anyway, guys, thanks, thanks for that. We'll, we'll watch with Beatty Beth to see if any of those predictions come in. But I've gone by a previous record, so ignore everything we've just said. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching tonight. Uh, some really good discussion tonight, guys. Some really big games this weekend. Uh, TV, I think, we'll, none is a bit away for the TV all weekend. I think this week in with the games. Really looking forward to it. And obviously, finishing up uh, with my game, I'll be happy to watch that. I'll be watching. I'll be watching all the games as much as I can this weekend, guys. And I'm sure you will be doing the same. Everyone at home, thanks again for tuning in. Catch us uh, on all your podcasting sites. Uh, get us on all the socials at Gridiron Crew. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Drop some comments in. Uh, let us know what you want to hear us discuss. We like, like about interaction. There's a game you think we should be we should be covering on the review crew. Uh, start next week or even next next week's uh, preview crew. Let us know what you think, uh, and we'll catch you all soon, guys. Thanks for tonight. As always, it's been a pleasure. Stuart. Well, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, I'm just going to head off and enjoy the glorious fuel consumption of my tiny little car. Good. <laughs> <laughs> thanks as always. Cheers, buddy. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, guys. Folks, I've been Dan. This has been your preview crew for week nine, and we'll catch you guys soon.